Aloha, this is Abe's Ukulele Podcast, and I'm Abe. Thank you so much for joining me. Today's episode is number four of the Allegheny Ukulele Soiree Special. The Allegheny Ukulele Soiree, if you don't know, is a wonderful ukulele festival in the Allegheny Mountains of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Today's conversation I'm sharing with you is with Amber Roselle. She was one of the instructors at the soiree, and uh, she's a good friend of mine from the James Hill Ukulele Initiative. And uh, this conversation, we talk about all sorts of things, teaching, playing, of course, the ukulele. Um, So before I go ahead, if you're listening to this on May 31st, it's the last day to enter to win the crystal-colored Koloha Soprano Strings. Just leave me a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, and then send an email to podcast at ukuleleabe.com so that I can, if I pick you, I can find out who you are and send them to you. Anyway, without further ado, here it is. Amber Roselle is a private instructor who teaches violin, viola, cello, piano, and ukulele. A classically trained violinist and violist, she has played in a variety of regional orchestras and opera companies throughout the Rochester, New York, and Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania areas. So I am here once again at the Allegheny Ukulele Soiree, and this time I am sitting with Amber. Hello. She is a teacher, <laughs> and uh, like I said, thank you so much for sitting with me and talking about ukuleles and all sorts of stuff. You're welcome. Thank you for asking me. <laughs> <laughs> so your teacher, you don't primarily play ukulele, right? No, I came to ukulele ver- uh, via the string world, and I started out as a kid with um, violin and then moved on to viola in college because violas get paid more and um, <laughs> because there's not that many of them. Mm. And then um, I started playing uh, ukulele a about five and a half years ago, oh, okay. and it's a real easy slide from mm-hmm. from string playing to ukulele because you already have your your left mm-hmm. hand is just already there. Yeah. So, um, do you play guitar at all, or no? Nope. Okay. <laughs> so you went from how awesome is it to go from no frets to frets? Actually, when I first went to frets, <laughs> I was really mad because I couldn't tune it the way I wanted to tune it. Oh, okay. Because it's not perfectly in tune all the time unless you mm-hmm. have like a super awesome like, you know, radial neck and, you know, Strobe messed with. And, yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, unless angled frets. and Yeah. Ridges. Unless you have all that stuff going, it's not going to be perfectly in tune. Mm. Um, I was really mad. And then finally I got over myself and uh, got a, 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 a saddle that was cut just the way I wanted it to be. Oh, like and um, not intonated. What's the word uh, for the saddle? Made nicely. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they have all the grooves in it. Yeah, yes, that's nice. the one. And so uh, I had a saddle made. I had the fret, the uh, uh, nut messed with. And finally, my ukulele was more in tune and I was a much happier person. Mm, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I was always kind of jealous of um, the violin's ability to just tune like right away. You just move your finger just a tiny yeah, bit. I mean, I it makes do. it a lot more difficult. I, I wouldn't be able to do it. <laughs> I tried to play violin a little bit. At one point, but um, yeah. So you 
teach primarily ukulele. How did you get into that? Like, could you talk about that? I started teaching ukulele because uh, the group that I was in at the time was really small. Uh, I belonged to a group called Steel City Ukuleles. And at the time when I joined the group, I think I was number 63 or 64. And there was really a core of about eight people that showed up Mm -hmm. to everything. And now because of the classes that I'm teaching are... Um, at least on Meetup, we've got about 470 members. Wow. And we have about 50 or 60 that show up regularly mm-hmm. to events. They don't always show up to the same events, but yeah. we have a lot of people that come. Wow, that's awesome. So how regularly regularly do you guys meet? Oh, we meet all the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think the only day that we don't have ukulele is Friday. So in Pittsburgh, we have a really big... Uh, contingent. We meet every Wednesday. We meet first, third, and fourth for a large group hum and strum, everybody in, all hands on deck. Mm-hmm. We meet um, second Wednesdays for our little band, which is more intricate stuff and mm-hmm. parts and harmonies and all that fun stuff. And then we also have a Sunday jam at Hambones. We've got second and fourth Tuesday. We've got two different groups that meet on Thursday. We've got mm-hmm. first and third Monday. I mean, it just goes on yeah. and on. Wow. That sounds like a good it, city to live in if you can't live in Hawaii. Yes, right? it co- we cover. There's something for everybody almost mm-hmm. every day of the week. Awesome. So you were talking to me before and you said that you really love teaching beginners. Why? I love beginners because they are awesome. They are full of energy and enthusiasm and they don't care if they're doing it wrong. I mean, they do care if they're doing <laughs> it wrong, but they are so in it that they're just like, I'm just going to fix this right now because I can do that. Mm. And they just, I love the energy and the enthusiasm of beginners. Mm. That's that's not really my experience, but that's good. I mean, I've seen it. I've seen it for sure, but I get a lot of, uh, maybe I'm crazy. (laughs) Maybe I'm a bad teacher. I don't know. I get a lot of just struggling. (laughs) And maybe it's the way I teach. Oh, I I do have, I do have lots of kids that come to me who are like, I am stuck. Can you fix this? And, and that's, that's the thing is Mm -hmm. I try to approach it as I'm your coach. We're going to fix this together. You tell me, but that how I also make them tell me, what do you, what do you want to work on? Mm -hmm. Cause I don't want to just, you know, come at them and say, okay, here's my diagnosis of what you need to learn. You need to do X, Y, and Z. And then we're going to fix your position. And then after that, we're going to do this, this, and this. Um, I want them to have a serious investment in what they, mm-hmm. in what they want to do. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. So, so I give how, them goals. How, yeah. How I was going to ask you about that. How do you get them to, um, you know, practice makes perfect. You need to practice every day. How do you deal with students who don't practice enough or making sure that their practice is effective? So it's not just wasted time, like holding the instrument and just making noise where you're not actually processing the, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I I have a couple of those. I have one bass player who just played with his eyes closed for six months, but, um, yeah, he didn't look at anything and he didn't, wouldn't look where he put his fingers or anything, but yeah, I I was going to say, is he that good? (laughs) No, he wasn't that good. Um, I, I have had, uh, my share of students who just like make noise with the instrument in their hand. But that's fine because you can turn it into something else eventually. You can turn mm-hmm. it into soloing. You can turn it into melody playing eventually. Mm-hmm. But it's just getting their little brain to follow you, hook, line, and sinker. Mm-hmm. And um, as far as practicing goes, I always try to give my kids like really directed practice, especially if they're really little. I think of it as the um, 
the fancy restaurant menu. Oh, okay. So you, when you go to a fancy restaurant, if you've ever been dressed up and you went to a restaurant, you had something like an appetizer and then you had a salad and then you had a main course and you had a dessert. Mm-hmm. So with my, with my appetizer, it might be this little part of something that I kind of need to warm up on. Like I might not be able to get these three notes in a row. So mm-hmm. I'm going to work just on those for a minute. Yeah. And then for my salad, I'm going to go warm up. I'm going to do my scales and my chord progressions. Or if I'm a violinist or violist, if I'm another string player, I'm going to do um, a bowing technique or, mm-hmm. you know, or strumming technique or, yeah. you know, or something like that. And then my main course, I'm going to work on, okay, I know that I need to work on the chorus of this song because I'm having a hard time singing and playing it at the mm-hmm. same time. So I'm going to work on that. And then for dessert, I always tell them, go back and play something you're already really good at mm-hmm. because that way it just reinforces everything that they're mm-hmm. doing. That's awesome. So kind of like a, a set plan yeah. of like a, almost like a to-do list. Yes. It's like do this, do this, do this. Um, and when I give my kids their assignments, I always write it out in exactly the order that I have them, mm-hmm. that I want them to play it in mm-hmm. so that if you follow this chart for a week, we're going to move on next week. Mm-hmm. Every day. Every day. Yeah. Well, I, well, there's, <laughs> there's always that Suzuki thing where, you know, you only practice on the days that you eat, <laughs> but that doesn't work for everyone, <laughs> myself included. So oh, I funny. try to have my beginners <laughs> practice, you know, get, get four days. <laughs> get four days yeah oh that's great really um i like the aspect of like realistic goals um i find i'm always trying to figure out how i can make sure my students know what the goal sounds like like Mm -hmm. if they're playing through these notes sometimes the rhythm is way off but they got the notes and they're actually really good with the sight reading right if we're if that's Mm -hmm. what we're working on or it could be tabs whatever but the point is sometimes they will play through the notes and it won't really sound like the song. And they might not know the song. If they do, they can very easily say, that's not Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, right? Right. Can you sing it or can you do something? Um, can you speak about like, what What do you do to help your students understand how to get from what they know about the song now to making it sound like the song should? Does that make sense? Like in Yes. So uh, I call that quarter note syndrome where mm-hmm. every single note has the exact <laughs> same duration. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Mm-hmm. And um, I always try to have my students take a take a minute where I call the tempo learno section yeah. where they just take it and they just find their fingering. They find, especially with my advanced kids. Mm-hmm. So I have them play it at a rhythm on mm-hmm. purpose and say, okay, now we're going to go through this. And then I am one of those teachers who really, really, really loves rhythm. So mm-hmm. what I, I always take them through, if you can't, they have to be able to say the rhythm and I don't care what syllable they say it on mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever, but they've got to be able to say, even if it's their grocery list, it doesn't matter as long as <laughs> they go through and, or, you know, what they want for their holiday present. It doesn't matter as long as they're getting mm-hmm. that rhythm and it's, it's going all the way through. And so if that's they, like chanting like app. Apples, oranges, and bananas. Right, like, something so, something like okay, that. Along with the music that you're working on. Right, or one of the, you know, the... Uh, the Suzuki, you know, the uh, um, Suzuki caricature is uh, Mississippi hot dog, right? Mm-hmm. So I have them do, I like chocolate ice cream. I like chocolate ice cream or, you know, whatever flavor they like mm-hmm. or their sister's I name. I don't like or, chocolate. Exactly. <laughs> I don't like chocolate. Yeah, yeah. There's always someone that does that. So <laughs> whatever, um, you know, whatever they like. Mm-hmm. And as long as you can keep thinking them about things that they like, even if they're making a mistake and they're not as... Um, 
it's almost like a psychological train. <laughs> it's almost mm. like you keep them thinking about things that they like and they'll get through it faster. Yeah. No, that's a great point. Keeping it fun and relevant and, uh, it's like the interest really has to be there. The interest has to be there. And you have to be interested in them too. Mm-hmm, so, you know, sure. and keeping back with the rhythm thing, it's like, then as soon as we go into, um, you know, a, a poem or a rhythm or something like that, or words that they can say, then eventually we get to some counting system, whatever they're using at their school. Mm-hmm. Um, dita, dita, or something. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. We either get into you know, whatever they're using, we'll use that. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually I have them count with numbers. Mm, oh, that's cool. So that's like one, two, and three. Yeah. Oh, okay. So like if they're doing one e and a two e yeah. and a three e, and, you know, something like that. Because I love counting systems, but a lot of them don't have where the actual beat starts. Mm-hmm. So I want to make sure that they're yeah. they know they can break it down in their brain where mm-hmm. they're going to be. Oh yeah. Have you seen that chart of the food? Um, I'm sure there's many of them, but there's one I really like, and it has the names of the food like. Um, I can't think of one right now, but it's like chicken nuggets or um, like four quarter, four oh, eighth yeah. notes. Mm-hmm. And then they have one that's uh, chocolate something. I can't think of any right now, but they have a mix of eighth, sixteenths, yeah. uh, quarter and eighth. And it's just with this food so that mm-hmm. you would just tap the rhythm and then they go through chocolate milkshake. I, I haven't like seen that. that, but I, I it's the same idea. Yeah, like, like I have them the make up idea. something that they like. I think it's I think your way is cooler because they they're actually making it up. I, I really find that, especially when you're teaching kids and even adults, too, is that when you if they aren't invested in it, if they don't make the meaning themselves, mm-hmm. they don't it can go in one ear and out the other. You yeah. can tell them all day what you want them to do. But if they don't actually make meaning for themselves it will never stick Mm, that's a really good point so if you're listening whoever you are my dear listeners remember that if you are a teacher it needs to mean something to them (laughs) that's that's great that's really good for me to remember also so you just like me teach with the james hill ukulele in the classroom method um if you are listening and you also Take that. So I just want to give you a shout out. You are awesome. Just like all the other ukulele players. But You're special. I especially love you, <laughs> J-H-U-I people. So um, how did you get sucked into that, Amber? I, uh, well, I was, honestly, I was bored. <laughs> I, I went and I looked at my life and I went, I can do Suzuki training or I can do ukulele training. And I went, <laughs> this looks like so much more fun and you get to sing. This is great. So you I decided to do Suzuki? that. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I I took a little left turn into ukulele land, and it has been the most wonderful thing ever. Mm, that's awesome. Um, so when you teach it, do you kind of do you use it more as like a tool, another thing, or do you kind of follow it like a curriculum and just guide the students through it? It depends on the person who comes to me. So mm-hmm. if I get a brand new student and they're a very beginner and they come to me and particularly with kids, I will take them um, through as a curriculum. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also add in a few things a little earlier too, just because mm-hmm. they all say, I want to play over the rainbow. <laughs> so we start we start working yeah. on a few other things, you know, in, in between, but mm-hmm. generally if they're a brand new student and they're a kid, I take them straight through ukulele in the craft, in the classroom. If, um, they come to me as an adult and they want to learn note reading, 
Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll dip into it a lot, a lot, a lot. It may not mm-hmm. be 100% of what I use, but a lot. Mm. So yeah, it has like a music literacy. Yes. I, I really love that it's uh, notes, reading, everything, and it covers so many genres. It doesn't cover pop stuff that's on the charts now, but that's understandable. That's okay. Um, the kids I will find, bring it to you. <laughs> I, I find that um, I like to put in like, just jams and learning chords earlier. Cause actually in those books, they, you learn the chords much later. I prefer that personally, cause I would rather my students learn the notes and then eventually know the chords. And then they kind of already know at that point, the notes in the chords, which is useful music theory knowledge. But that what I end up doing for the sake of the student's interest is teaching them chords beforehand. And then we play more songs like that. Um, it's a little tricky when we're learning the notes to a song and they're like, I want to play the chords for this. And it's like, no, we're, we're learning the melody first. <laughs> um, so what do you, do you do something like that? Or what do you do with chords? And like, I guess, what do you do coming out of the book? Coming, coming out of the book. Okay. Well, one of the things that when they've got that big literacy, like they know their C scale, mm-hmm. they know, they know some other notes they've got, you know, they can maybe stick that pinky out and get the D or, you mm-hmm. know, slide up and get that E. Um, or like they've started to figure out some of the notes on the E string past the third fret. Um, mm-hmm. Once you get past the third fret, yeah. do another stuff. <laughs> so um, what I have done recently with them as especially with my adults is we have been making crazy arrangements of all sorts of stuff Mm. so with my adults in my college class because I also teach a community ed class um, with my intermediates we do arrangements so they'll write an intro they'll play the chords and sing through the first time and Mm -hmm. then I have them pick melody for like a verse and then come back in on the chorus and then play it out and then play a tag Oh. oh that's great yeah so it's like you're getting them into composition basically yes. right away. Right away. I actually, even in my beginner class, um, by week three, I have them transposing. Wow. Because just going from one key to a diff- to another key, because I, who wants to get stuck in the key of G or in the key of C? Life I is do, no. <laughs> <laughs> life is so much more than the key of C. It's mm-hmm. a very happy key, but you know, there's there's more things to life. Mm-hmm. And so even by the third class, once they've got, um, once they understand the concept of going from a home chord away to the five and then back. Once mm-hmm. they can do that, um, I have them with a bunch of two chord songs. I have them, I give them a packet of two chord songs and then they decide, okay, as a class, we're going to do these three mm-hmm. because we can sing it in these keys. So then I have them do F, which is easy. Mm-hmm. I have C and then I have them do G, but I don't mm-hmm. always do, I do the chord twin for G to okay. start. Yeah. And then um, the G6 and the Hawaiian D7. D7, yeah. And then then I have them throw that third finger down and then just pop the two over. Mm -hmm. Nice. Oh, that's awesome. So um, beyond all of that, so you're saying you follow the James Hill and make them compose. Mm -hmm. How do you get them, I guess going back to what I meant to say before, what do you do with them in teaching them chords? Like when do you introduce it? Oh, when do I introduce it? I... It, de- it depends on the student. Mm. Um, some, some students are like, I just want to play and sing in front of my friends and I want to have a band and that's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if I get one of those students, I don't do so much of the James Hill stuff. I do more chord stuff. Mm-hmm. If I have um, uh, kids, I, I basically one of the, the pitfalls that I find, I, I love the James Hill course, but I want them to sing more, mm-hmm. more, 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 more. I always want them to sing. Mm-hmm. So like I want to, 
I, I do want them to do the sight reading. I do want them to be able to do all of that stuff, but I want them to sing right mm-hmm. away. And he does have them singing right away, but yeah. um, I want them to be able to hear themselves and to audiate where they're, where they're supposed to be because it mm-hmm. makes their intonation, their singing intonation better. Yeah. So um, I, I start chords probably the, if I have a little kid, I will start chords fifth or sixth lesson. Oh, okay. Fifth or sixth lesson. Awesome. Uh, just, it, but it, like I said, it depends on the student mm. and depends on their dexterity. It depends. There's a lot of factors. Yeah. Well, definitely. A lot of factors. But I just, everything. I just want, I want them singing <laughs> and singing and singing. And one of the things that I find when I go into schools is that all the boys hum, maybe mm-hmm. they might hum but they're not moving their mouth ever because that's not cool. <laughs> and then the girls are singing at the top of their lungs mm-hmm. and it's it's really trying to get everyone mm-hmm. to contribute something with their voice. That's great. Yeah, that's one of the best things about the ukulele. You can sing while you're playing yes. it. Yes. <laughs> so uh, what do what do your classes look like? What Like what are you teaching? Is it primarily private lessons or is it, like you said, you go into schools a lot? What what is most of your time looked like in front of fifty kids? What like? Okay, well, <laughs> this past Monday I graduated mm-hmm. thirty five adults into. Oh, wow. uh, I uh, we have a little launch party at the end mm-hmm. of our um, at the end of our classes. Oh, that sounds fun. And it's a good time, and they all perform, and we have a play along concert, and then okay. the intermediates get like a couple songs where they get to just do their thing. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a really good time, and then Steel City Ukuleles comes to the concert mm-hmm. so that they can um they the people who are playing can have a friendly face when they go to a meetup mm. because a lot of them are like oh i just took this class but i don't feel like i'm good enough to go to a meetup and mm-hmm. i said no you're really good enough to go to a meetup but if they know somebody they're 10 times more likely to go to a meetup mm-hmm. which just gets them playing and singing more yeah. um but most of my classes right now i teach pretty much half private lessons and almost half, um, community ed at a college. Oh, okay. So I, it's mostly, I have half kids and half adults. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good spread. Yeah. It's That's good. like get, get the uke out as much as possible. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you seem like a pretty good teacher. You've been teaching here. How's it been going? It's been really fun. I was, I was so pleased that my finger picking class had so many people in it mm, and that's good. They all sang so wonderfully. I wanted to take them all home with me. <laughs> well, that's good. Um, so I was wondering if you could talk about like any tips you had for other people that want to become better teachers. Um, what kind of little strategies and tricks work really well for you? Okay. One of the best things I ever learned, I stole from a first grade teacher. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to admit it. I stole from a first grade teacher. So one of the best things that I ever found was she gave her kids at the end of every week, they had to fill out a little chart mm-hmm. where two things that they would get a gold star for and one thing that they wanted to learn how to do better. Mm. And so it really becomes a reflective practice tool. Mm. And so even if you know, you've know you got you know, two boxes on a piece of paper that are, you know, four inches wide or something Mm -hmm. like that, you know, half an inch by four inches or something Mm -hmm. and with little gold stars on them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, another line with like a hmm face and what could I, what do I want to learn how to do better? Mm -hmm. That seems to really help my students. And it also helps me really tailor my teaching to each Mm -hmm. individual student. 
hmm. without me sounding like someone with a big wagging finger going, mah, 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 you need this, <laughs> this, this. And it really also shows the kids that I'm invested in what they want to know mm-hmm. and not just what I want them to know. So it becomes less didactic and mm-hmm. more immersive. Oh, that's awesome. That's a really good, that's a really good point. But yeah, two stars and a wish. Two stars and a wish. Awesome. So two things I did well mm-hmm. and one thing I want to do better. Yes, I or wish I could do. Or maybe I don't know how to do it all and I want to learn how to do yeah. it. Yeah. That's great. That's a really good tip. Well, that's uh, that's the end of my list. Anything else we could talk about? <laughs> Make sure you're on your fingertips. Just be on your fingertips. Oh, yeah. Oh. Be on your fingertips. Unless you're playing bar chords. Unless you're banging bar. Well, you still have to be on, on your fingertips after you lay down the bar. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, Just man. please play on your fingertips. It will make your life so much easier. <laughs> so um, you mentioned you love going past the third fret. Yes. Do you have, um, what's the best way to break out? In a simple way, I mean... I, you should come take my class, Abe. Okay. <laughs> I might do that. You should come take my class. I actually get the ballroom. I'm so excited. Um, Ooh, yeah, it's nice. going to be a little immersive um, tab class. Okay. Uh, uh, put it on my tab. Yes, put it on your tab. <laughs> yeah, so... Well, the other thing is I always make sure that when I'm teaching, especially big groups, that I sort of teach a tiered class. Hmm. So... Um, level one might be, I can play the chord on the first beat mm-hmm. and I can follow you and I can play those chords. That might be level one. Mm-hmm. Level two is I can play those chords and I can sing with you. Mm-hmm. And level three might be, Hey, I can play some finger picking with that. Mm-hmm. So I always kind of liken it to those old aerobics videos where you have like one person on the right that can barely moves up and down. And then you've got <laughs> the instructor doing real squats in the middle. And then on the other side, you've got some person who's like jumping from the floor to the ceiling. <laughs> so, but when you put them all together, it works. Mm-hmm. As long as we line up on those big beats, it works. Mm. So no matter what your entry point is, mm-hmm. you, it's accessible. That's awesome. Oh, and how do I get up the frets? Um, Actually, one of the things that was really good for me was getting was just starting going up the E string. And once you find C up the E string, mm. everything, if you find that C with your pinky, everything mm. just lays really nicely for a whole scale right there, mm. plus, plus a little on either side. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. just... That's a really good spot. It's, it's just, it's a sweet spot for yeah. ukulele. It's eighth wonderful. Fret, right? Yeah. Eighth fret. Yeah. Eighth fret, second string. That's a good point. I'm always thinking about like how to uh, how do I learn the fretboard because when I know all the notes I can more easily know where I am you know if I mm-hmm. want to if I want to go past the third fret but I I like the idea of breaking it down more it makes it a lot simpler I, just being comfortable with yeah there's a C there and there's a C there and you can you know you can find it in the middle if you just, can find something just try it and see how you like it you know why would you play it there I don't know you decide you're the musician you know it's kind of like there is a F right under it on the first string, eighth fret. Am I right? I don't know. I don't have a ukulele in front question. of me. Oh, I'm talking about I'm talking about where the C is on the eighth fret. I have to have put an ukulele in my hand. I have yeah, to think same about with it. Me. Um, um, so the eighth fret on the first string should be F. Yes. Okay. So that that's what I was getting at. Yes. There's an F there and then there's a yeah, anyway. Uh this is why I need to learn the fretboard. <laughs> so 
so I can play without playing. Yeah, so I can play in my head. I can audiate it in my head without yeah. actually looking at the picture. <laughs> I um, don't know what kind of ook podcast doesn't have an ukulele, but it's right here anyway. <laughs> yeah, so it's just the other thing is making sure that my when you get up there, that you've got sort of a home base. Mm-hmm. So that way you're not going to get scared and freak out and jump yeah, back down. Because it's like, I know where C is. Where's, what's this? Like, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know that F is eight on the first string, but I can go back to C. Right. right? I, I've got I a home go base. Back. Or like, I'm at the seventh fret. Mm-hmm. I can stay at the seventh fret. Or I'm at six. I can stay at yeah. six. Like, I, I'll always tell people when they're learning how to sight read, you just need to remember one note, really. Please start with middle C, but it could be anything. Um, and then, you know, I do this when I have trouble reading cause I've been reading music for, I don't know how long. And still sometimes I'll just be like, I don't know what note that is. And I'll go to the ones that I know for sure. This is C. Okay. All right. It's F or whatever the note is, you know, like that's my home base. Mm-hmm. That's the one I'm not going to forget. Right. Right. I'm not going to forget that C is also on the third fret of the first string. But anyway, that's a little easier cause it's the third fret. It's not past the third fret. Anyway, um, so, anyway, Amber. Thank you. Thank you so much for talking to me. I had I a hope, great time. Thank you. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of great stuff in there. That <laughs> I, I learned a lot, so thank you. Watch out, NPR. Here comes Abe. So, there you go. I hope you enjoyed that and learned something. Um, I'd love to hear what you think about the show. Please let me know. If you were at the soiree, I'd love to hear from you as well. I thought it was amazing. Um, thank you so much to Abby's mom for her review on iTunes. I'm so sorry I said the name wrong, but thank you for your message. The best way to reach me will be the email podcast at ukuleleabe.com. If you dig the show, share it with a friend. Uh, you can also support me on Patreon at Patreon dot com slash ukulele abe i started this podcast as just a way to give back to the community and share everything that i come across that i think is valuable as a teacher and as a player so yeah i'd love to hear from you and find out what it is that you're up to with your ukulele and your practice and everything So that's going to do it for today. Stay tuned for episode five of the Soiree Special. Aloha. Aloha.